Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. Welcome everybody back to another episode of the Animals to the Max podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the show. Okay, I want to ask you a question. Has there ever been a wildlife sighting that just sticks out to you? Like if you were to rank, you know, all of your wildlife sightings, is there one that just ranks at the very, very top? For me, it has to be seeing a wolf in the wild. It actually happened last September. My wife and I were able to go to Yellowstone National Park and we were able to visit the northeastern part of the park, which by the way is the best place to see them in the Lamar Valley area. And I'll never forget my first wolf encounter. It actually, you guys, the wolf was so far away, I couldn't even see it. It was like this tiny speck in the distance. Even with my binoculars, I couldn't even see it. And it was so far away across the valley, my wife couldn't even see it with her binoculars. So we technically do not consider that like our first quote unquote great wolf encounter. But that was my first encounter. But I will never forget the second time I saw wolves. And that was in Yellowstone, and it was that evening of the same day. And I remember it was in the evening, a lot of the you know crazy tourist vehicles had left, and we just sat there in Lamar Valley and just watched along the Lamar River. And I'll never forget, we saw a grizzly bear who had a pronghorn carcass. He was eating a pronghorn that the wolves had more than likely killed. And we saw a black wolf in the distance just slowly approach the bear, We saw a few more wolves out in the distance, part of the pack, and we watched this interaction between this grizzly bear trying to protect its meal and the wolves coming up. And we actually witnessed the wolves approaching the bear. We also saw coyotes. We saw bald eagles all at the same time. It was just, it was like going back in time and I couldn't even, I literally had to pinch myself because it was like, I can't even believe we're witnessing this. This is something that has been going on for thousands and thousands of years. And it is so amazing that in this day and time, we're still able to witness these iconic predators interacting. And that was my first encounter with wolves. I mean, we sat there and watched them for a few hours. We, you know, watched actually one of the wolves catch a fish in the river. It was amazing. I I believe we uh, counted a total of five wolves, but I'll never forget that encounter. And there's really nothing else like it. I've always been a fan of wolves. I, you know, think they are just amazing animals. And beyond that, they are, they're a keystone species. They keep everything in check, everything in balance. They are so important. And right now, wolves are under fire. I hate to say it, but in my home state of Idaho, where I am recording this, wolves are in serious trouble. On July 1st, there is a plan to basically eliminate 90% of all the wolves in Idaho. We have around 1,500, and our governor has signed a bill to basically kill over 1,000 wolves to try to get it to around 150 individuals, if not less. This is horrific. The ways that they're going to kill the wolves are barbaric. I mean, they're going to chase them down in snowmobiles. They're going to shoot them from the sky. They're going to poison the pups. They're going to be using snares. It is horrific, and we have to stop this. On today's show, I have on Maggie Howell. 
She is the executive director of the Wolf Conservation Center in New York, and she is here to talk about what is going on in Idaho and what we can do. There is still hope. This is not a doom and gloom podcast. There is still hope. I would not have recorded this podcast if basically if if the nails in the coffin were sealed and wolves did not have a chance. Wolves still have a chance, and basically we need to get them back on the endangered species list to be protected federally. And so we're going to learn all about how we can do that and what you can do at home listening. This is a very, you know, insightful episode. A lot of you might not know what's going on right now in Idaho, but I mean, honestly, wolves need your help and we need to spread the word. So that is why we're doing this. So Before we get to the interview with Maggie, I do want to say there is a slight correction regarding one of the numbers I stated in the podcast. So in Idaho, over the last three years, wolves have killed an average of 113 head of livestock. So only 113 livestock have been killed to wolves over the last three years, each year annually. And there are over 2.73 million heads of cows and sheep in Idaho. So that averages about 0.004% of livestock fatalities to wolves. In the podcast, I stated it was 0.0004%. It's just 0.004% of livestock fatality to wolves, which is an extremely, extremely low number. Over 40,000 cows and sheep are actually lost to disease and weather. And I will include the links to all this uh, research so you know, you're able to back up your claims because I feel like we have to have that to have a sound discussion regarding wolves and how we should conserve them, how we should protect them. Because the data is here. Wolves do not take a devastating toll on livestock. With that said, let's get to the interview. Maggie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Okay, so can I say you have the coolest last name to be the executive director of the Wolf Conservation Center? Maggie Howell? That's amazing. I agree. (laughs) I'm very lucky. It was meant to be. Is this even real? Like, I think that's the coolest name. Anyway, I've uh, always admired the Wolf Conservation Center, and honestly, Maggie, I I had to get you on the show because we are having a problem right now in Idaho, and I'm based in Idaho right now, and I am... Oh, just so puzzled at uh, what is going on in this state and we need to help wolves. So anyway, uh, can you let the listener, I guess the listeners know what is going on right now? Yeah, I guess start from the Idaho perspective. Um, you know, Idaho has had wolves for quite a while since uh, their reintroduction in 95 and 96. And, you know, that population with uh, protections afforded by the Endangered Species Act uh, was able to grow. It was uh, a pretty robust population. It's currently estimated to be about 1,500 wolves. And uh, since 2011, um, Idaho has been able to manage its wolves via hunting seasons because that's when they were delisted, uh, when federal protections were removed uh, for wolves living in Idaho actually through a kind of unprecedented legislative act. It was actually done through a, a rider on a must-pass budget bill. So that's a different, whole different chapter. Um, but the point is wolves, you know, Idaho has been manage, managing its wolves now for a decade. Through hunting, um, pretty actually heavy-handed management, uh, a lot of people would probably agree. But gosh, just a couple of months ago, if that even, a very, I guess, toxic bill for wolves, pretty much fast-tracked through the state legislature, 
And um, and it is uh, essentially um, going to enable enable the state to kill uh, the majority of its wolves, up to 90%, to bring it down to the population threshold, which if it goes below 100, which I guess it's 150, uh, 15 breeding pairs, um, if it goes below that uh, over three years, it could warrant Endangered Species Act protections to be reinstated. Or if it goes below 10 um, breeding pairs and 100 wolves within a single year, that could trigger federal protections to be reinstated or an analysis to lead to that. Or there's actually one other criteria, and that would be if the state has introduced legislation or passed legislation that could threaten that population, that could also trigger um, the federal government to um, analyze the situation and relist. Uh, again, put, you know, have federal, the federal government uh, may, or I guess, resume management authority over that population. So that's really how bad it's gotten where there, where the federal government, if it gets to this point where this law, this uh, bill that was passed aims to keep the population really at that bottom, you know, bottom of the, you know, lowest population possible before considered an endangered species again. Obviously, very bad news for wolves. The hunting um, of wolves, wolves can be killed on a single tag. You know, it's, a, it's 12 months, you know, year round or nearly year round. Snares, you know, body gripping traps, ATV, snowmobiles can be used. Really, and, and you know, even uh, trapping of uh, pups and, uh, and killing of pups and parents uh, on private land all year round, or not all year round, but they're around. And um, so it's really, sorry, it's, it's, it's like an emotional thing because it's just really upsetting, especially since, you know, in Idaho right now, it's hard to see what is causing this dramatic need to pass this legislation that even a lot of hunters oppose. They publicly oppose it. A lot of, a lot of scientists oppose it. The Idaho Game Commission itself uh, opposes it, as well as, uh, you know, other former state management officials have come out against this, against this bill. And it's likely, in the long run, it's probably going to have wolves end up under federal authority, uh, which is the last thing I would think that the very um, agents that wanted this passed so badly, it's not their intention at all. It's definitely alarming. It's gotten a lot of press. And it's also a bad precedent for wolves beyond the borders in Idaho. If state management can look like this, you know, in this day of time, you know, if this is really the way wildlife management should look, um, what is that saying to other states who are now, too, developing their own state management plans since wolves were uh, nationally delisted just the beginning of this year? You know, 2020 was a really bad year for all of us, and we were very hopeful about 2021, and it's just really disappointing that thus far this has been probably the worst year for wolves in, since I've been working at the Wolf Center, because this is an all-out war being waged on wolves. It is disgusting. It really is shocking that, you know, as a society, we're so technically advanced, and then yet we're so barbaric. I mean, when I was reading how they're going to manage these wolves, it is, it literally blows my mind. And I don't know how these, um, I don't know how someone could actually go to sleep at night. Just anyway, that's just, that's just a complete different topic. But 
Why? Like, why are we, why is Idaho having this all out war on wolves? What is the issue? What, I mean, what happened? Was there a catalyst? That's a good question. You know, and I think even the nationwide delisting of wolves and just to kind of step back, what delisting really means is right now, you know, wolves throughout most of the lower 48 states are afforded protections by the Endangered Species Act, so federal protections. Now, those were were removed in Idaho and Montana uh, via that budget rider. They were removed in uh, Wyoming through a little bit more of a legitimate process. And then you have uh, some surrounding states where there's portions of those states or whole states, uh, but they don't necessarily have hunting seasons at this point. In other areas uh, where wolves do live or even where they don't live, they were afforded federal protections. So with this delisting rule, which was uh, opposed actually by, for lots of reasons, we don't even have to get into that. But what it does when wolves are delisted, it just takes away the federal protection and then shifts the management authority of those wolves to those respective states. So now it's under the state's authority to figure out how they're going to manage the wolf uh, populations in their state. And so this had really nothing to do with Idaho, which is interesting because it impacted pretty much all the other wolves. Um, I don't know if maybe Idaho was emboldened or some politicians were emboldened by this nationwide delisting. Um, We saw very similar bills and urgency to pass these bills in Montana, which historically has been a bit more conservative with its wolf management than um, Wyoming and Idaho has. So that was uh, took a lot of people off guard. Um, but this bill or law was supported by the Cattlemen's Association, uh, Trappers Association, I think maybe the sheep growers, your governor, sheep rancher. And, you know, even the governor, it probably, him signing off on this bill, it might, just, might not have been a fight that he wanted to handle. Honestly, wolves, you know, it's it, it was probably politically a little bit easier for him just to sign off on this because there was such a push for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, you can't say it's from it's, it, it's it's bizarre because there was a push for it, but there's been no nothing triggering the need. There's been no emergency drop in elk populations. In fact, they're at like an all time high. You know, it's been mm-hmm. considered just kind mm-hmm. of a golden age for elk hunting. You know, I think like record numbers of elk were harvested or killed in uh, hunts last year. And same thing with livestock depredation. It really hasn't been an issue. And, and, and again, Idaho has had the authority to manage problem wolves if they have see, see them as problems during this whole time. So there, it's whatever triggered this seems to be an outside force and the people or entities pushing it it really seems like a, a, a case of fear mongering. You know, I think right now, I don't remember the exact number, but like a three year average for cattle and sheep depredation by wolves was 0.004, a couple other numbers after that. The stats blow my mind. And that's why I was like, oh my gosh, we have to get this information out there. 40,000 sheep and cattle each year are lost to disease and weather. That's 350 times more than the number lost to wolves, which is just 
completely blows my mind. Um, it says our elk population is in Idaho over 120,000, which is just 5,000 below the all-time high of 125,000. And for the seventh year in a row in 2020, Idaho hunters have harvested over 20,000 elk. So there has been, it just, it, it, it's a, a giant increase. And the data states that none of this, like, the elk populations have not changed drastically since 1995, since wolves were introduced here in Idaho at all. Like there's no data to prove that there's been this significant decline. Yeah. It, it makes no sense to me. What? I'm just like, and they want to reduce our population from 1500 to less than a hundred. Yeah. It's Which counters ahead. really the commitment even in, in the delisting, there's a commitment to the federal government, like we will manage our wolves, you know, using science. It just blows it out of the water. Um, there's no intention to, of, of managing these wolves, definitely not to their, you know, ecological, uh, you know, value. Uh, they're not there to serve any sort of purpose on the landscape. And what they're allowing that with through this bill or this law now can really lead to just a dramatic population crash for wolves. The hunting is year round. It is, uh, there's no limits on the numbers. Even the responsibility of reporting certain, uh, you know, take or killing of wolves is more delayed. And not only are they killing those animals, but because of the social structure of wolves, those can lead and even just really drastically almost put fuel in the fire to make that population crash even faster splitting up these these families having more wolves dispersed not being able to hunt together uh not breeding you know they're hunting year-round how are wolves going to breed and have pups anyway so really i mean if this is going to be a dramatic crash and at the end of the day what's going to happen is they're going to go below that threshold of uh that population threshold which they're calling their recover like population recovery numbers no that was like the threshold for being an endangered species again and they will be uh, returned to the federal government. And it's it's just very upsetting that all of the lives that are going to be lost via these really cruel, I mean, you know, running them over or chasing them down with, with vehicle, I mean, aerial, you know, gunning them down from the sky. It's just not, it's not what, it's not what our country should look like right now. It's not what wildlife management should look like. And it's embarrassing, quite frankly, to see that we are in this day and age uh, have so little respect for, you know, the ecological value wolves provide, but also just living things. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, Idaho is, no offense, I know you live in Idaho, it's a beautiful state, but Idaho just does not look very good right now to a whole world that's watching this happen. Yeah. And, you know, can I say something? I feel like we're just adding to the problem, too, of wolves attacking livestock, because isn't it true that when they are out of their packs and that, let's say their social dynamic has been mixed up, I mean, they rely on their family members to hunt down prey like deer and elk. They're going to go after if you're on if you're a lone wolf, you're going to go after livestock. It's easier. So I feel like it just adds to the problem. I just it just. It blows my mind, and they're treated like vermin. I read, uh, also heard that in Wyoming, they're treated like vermin so they could be shot, trapped, which blows my mind, and I'm so ashamed 
because Wyoming is home to the biggest portion of Yellowstone National Park, and those wolves bring in millions, I, millions of dollars, like millions. Mm -hmm. I want to say, like, each wolf is worth a few million dollars. Like, there's some crazy stat out there. I've been personally to Yellowstone. The amount of tourists who go to Yellowstone, who, who, who go there, the number one animal they want to see is a wolf. So it blows my mind that they're adding it just people from all over the world want to come to Wyoming yet when you're outside of that park, they can be just shot, trapped. It disgusts me and I it just I'm I just can't believe we are in this and I it just and you know the, the thing is if there was like there's no data to back up their claims. Mm -mm. Right? No. This is purely political. Um and and, you know, in management decisions, it should be based on sound science. Yes. Um, also commercial and social data. And this is just based on a very small uh, and vocal and powerful peers uh, lobby to move this this forward and fast tracked. I mean, it, it was introduced. I mean, it was quick. Laws don't usually get introduced, you know, go through uh, the committees, boom, on the governor's desk within like two months or something. It's mind blowing. And it, it I think that uh, it just kind of, you know, I think for the community of advocates and um, NGOs and and everyone else, um, I think it kind of took us by surprise because at the beginning of the year, I think we're focused more on like, what does wolf conservation look like? when um, they've been delisted nationally. We're, we're used to what's going on in Idaho. Um, you know, there are things that have been going on and, and, and you know, there have been actions to, I guess, to help uh, educate people about it or, or, or fight some of the things, but I don't think anyone really saw just this coming, or I can speaking for myself, I certainly didn't. And I'm just, I mean, and then with Wisconsin as well, which kind of started the year with just with a, a an emergency hunt, which was pushed through again, fast tracked, because they were worried that the Biden administration might reverse um, this delisting rule. And this... it really demonstrates also in Wyoming and in Wisconsin, you know, it was a it was a, a one week hunt. Uh, emergency hunt. They had a quota of, of 200 wolves. Um, they blew through it in less than three days. So I think it was like 216 or more that were actually killed. They just totally ignored um, uh, treaty laws. So people with they're supposed to have a voice lawfully um, to, uh, to, you know, what happens with these wolves. They just totally uh, ignored that with the tribes. And again, they're using methods that this is not, you know, even, you know, hunting groups have come up and they're gathering and they're opposing just the methods. It goes against fair chase. It goes against the American model and, um, you know, hunting, them, chasing them down with, with hounds. 86% uh, of the wolves Jeez. in Wisconsin were killed via hounds. And now that's going to be allowed in, in um, Idaho, too, via this, this new law. I'm just, you're a horrible person. If you no, you are, you're a horrible person. You're a horrible person to even want to try to do something like this to an animal. And I, it blows my mind. And yet, you know, we're all so attached to our dogs. The majority of us have dogs at home and yet we are willing to turn a blind eye. Some of us and go and chase down and murder 
It just, it blows my mind. It's disgusting. I can't even believe it. I can't, I've seen a lot of majestic animals in the wild and I've been fortunate to travel the world and seeing my first wolf was something I'll, I'll, I'll never forget. It's just, they're just, they're so iconic. And for us to, you know, since 95 to work so hard to try to restore wolves and we've seen the benefits, how they improve, um, just all like the whole ecosystem. I mean that, you know, that video, of course, that viral video, how wolves change rivers. That's, you know, been yep. seen millions and millions of times. We have data to see how it just helps everything. It just, it just is so disgusting. So, um, anyway, so Maggie, here we go. We're, uh, what can we do? Because is there still hope? Yeah, I, I, there has to be. And um, there, there's a few things happening. Actually, there's been an emergency petition to relist wolves uh, in the Northern Rockies. It was led actually by the Center for Biological Diversity and the Humane Society of the United States. We actually signed on in support of this petition uh, to relist. And it's based on um, really the fact that they are going to the three criteria um, that would warrant relisting or uh, steps leading towards relisting with the passage of this bill, uh, it demonstrates that, that they are totally in play um, because this population is at risk for some of the reasons I've mentioned before, that rapid uh, population decline that is going to be hard to avoid with all of the things that they're going to be permitting and even pushing. Um, I didn't even mention that the bill, um, when the population is above that that goal of 150, which is not a goal, it's, that's the threshold, you know, that's the, the bottom of the barrel. That's when they're going to pay, you know, offer funds for, um, to contracted killers, basically bounty hunters to kill wolves. So <sighs> it, it's again, showing no commitment to really conserving the wolves, which warranted the I guess the legislation, even though it wasn't done, which normally would warrant the delisting of a wolf from the endangered uh, species list. Yes. And should I say that the Idaho is going to pay the bounty hunters or pay people to exterminate them over $600,000, which is more than it would be to reimburse a farmer for a loss of livestock, which they, um, wolves aren't, don't even take. Once again, we mentioned 0.0004% of sheep and cattle have been lost two wolves in three years in Idaho. We have the data to back this up. And a lot of these are on public lands, um, which are lands that belong to all Americans, not just whoever, whatever cattle grower or sheep grower um, is using them. Yeah, it's scary, but you know, it'll be interesting because right now with this petition, um, also just a lot of push uh, for the Biden administration um, to relist wolves nationwide, but also looking at these, uh, this, what's happening in the Northern Rocky Mountain population segment, I think that it's so extreme, it's going to be very hard for the federal government to ignore. This is the very type of measure that led to the, you know, extirpation of wolves in the first place. Yes. Um, and they're listing on the Endangered Species Act. And, you know, there's been very creative ways um, that people are trying to get attention from the federal government, because we all understand that there's a lot happening in our world right now. Wolves aren't necessarily on the top of, you know, um, the list in Washington, D.C. However, Idaho is making it harder to ignore. Right. And uh, and one thing that was uh, kind of fun and promising and, and uh, the YouTube 
kid show. Uh, I forget now the name of it. You 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 know it. What is that show? Wild Kratts? Or no, oh no 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 oh oh oh, oh I know Coyote Peterson. Yeah. So Brave had, Wilderness. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Had uh, Wild Kratts. I forgot about them. Um, uh, they're so- on PBS and they're probably in their fifties still doing good. They're still kicking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they came to visit us uh, a few years ago. They were a lot of fun. But on that, uh, the other show, they had um, President Biden actually on their, you know, they were interviewing him. Really? And um, they were talking about the Endangered Species Act. And then uh, he mentioned that his grandkids have been calling them up saying, you know, you know, Grandpa, you know, why are they killing all the wolves? So wolves are on his radar. The Endangered Species Act is on his radar. And we know that they're big lovers of canines in general. Right with uh, I think Champ and and Major. So we'll we're we're just gonna have to see. But if anyone else like like uh, Joe Biden's um, or President Biden's uh, grandkids, let's get those kids talking. Let's all get you know uh, our voices in there to let the president and the Secretary of Interior Deb Halen know that, gosh, this is not what we want to see to our wildlife and really we do have a responsibility to to make sure that we're stewards um, to the wildlife here in our country for for our generation and future generations. We don't want to have kids look up, have to go to the Museum of Natural History oh. to see a stuffed wolf um, to learn that wolves were once, you know, an iconic apex predator here um, in the lower 48. We'll see. It's going to be a very... Uh, you know, I, now that we're in June leading up to July 1st, when, when really all this killing can begin, it's, it's going to be tense. Um, but I'm, I'm hopeful. I really am hopeful because this is so extreme. It, it just, this can't be, this can't be what our, what, what our country represents at this point. Okay. So you're saying that there is still hope and the hope is that we have to get wolves back on the endangered species list. And that is the hope because then they will be federally protected and that will prevent states like Idaho from killing 90% of them. So that is what the goal is, correct? To get President Biden and the Secretary of Interior, you said, Deb Halen. Mm-hmm. We need to we send need her to flowers. Yeah, we need to get these wolves. We just have to end this bill. I mean, you know, and that's the, and that's what it's going to take to do it. So uh, an emergency relisting because this is going to cause uh, a crash. And what we're seeing in Montana, again, you know, we have just adjacent. We have Montana doing the same thing. Wyoming already has some pretty horrible um, heavy-handed management measures. There's supposed to be connectivity. I mean, this is a this is supposed to be a source population to help provide wolves to recover in Washington, Oregon, Idaho, I mean, uh, uh, Washington, California, um, and also Colorado. You know, this mm-hmm. is this, and now there's not even going to be connectivity between these three states. How can there be? There's, you know, they're not even breeding. They're not even moving. So really, this is. There's nothing scientific about this. Um, again, even the Idaho Fishing Game Commission, the very people who are in charge of developing and, you know. Uh, instituting the management of wolves oppose this. This is purely political. And um, obviously politics is, you know, in everything. However, on something that's supposed to be based on science, 
you know, yeah. something I think we've all been looking at and has been very important in our lives over the past year during a pandemic. Um, it's supposed to be based on science. We are just running and letting our, these politicians are just going to be really decimating our wolf population without any consideration of science. Okay, so what can someone listening do right now? Well, there are, there are petitions. There are all sorts of action alerts out there. Just sign them all. Sign them um, all. Okay. Yeah, the Wolf Center has one. Uh, it's uh, it's not specific to the Northern Rocky Mountains. It's just to relist wolves nationwide. Um, but really, in, you know, call the president. You're not going to talk to him personally, but there are ways that you can just write an email, tell your friends, you know, this is real. It's not, you know, it's not an exaggeration because, you know, we're, I guess we're not crying wolf here. Um, mm. This is really um, a, a, a really uh, emergency situation. And it all begins supposedly if we don't stop it in less than a month. And, uh, and just, just so people have an understanding, wolves already in Idaho, again, are already, there are very, you know, very liberal uh, hunting uh, in Idaho of, of wolves, but with this new measures that will be permitted by this law, you know, wolf families, which are just like our own, honestly, they have mom, a dad, they work together in a family group. Um, they rely on one another to learn, to hunt, to protect their territory, to play, you know, everything they do is really about just reaffirming those family bonds because they have to be you know a well-bonded um group in order to survive it's all about survival and what's going to happen july 1st is you're going to have pups that are about two months old you're going to have uh family groups probably staying together close to a rendezvous site while the pups are growing not yet able to join on a hunt so they'll probably have a, a little brother or sister maybe, maybe a one or two year old actually stay behind and babysit those pups and this is what we're unleashing at a time. This is where they're going to be at a t uh, when we're unleashing this this uh, war uh, again on on wolves. And you know they're just at the end of the day they're just animals in the wild. They're wild animals <laughs> doing what they're supposed to do, right? They didn't vote one way or another. There's nothing. You know they're not political. Um, we've made them political. They're just trying to survive on the wild landscape where they've been for hundreds and thousands if not millions of years and we are the ones uh based again on the data that you uh read uh there's nothing that is triggering this extreme action on wolves it is it's it's again it just doesn't make sense yeah if there was like some crazy stat saying that you know all this livestock is you know all these numbers um of elk are plummeting because of wolves the livestock numbers are drastically low because they're you know taking such a toll but there is no data to back anything up they hardly take a toll i i you guys the weather and disease is killing the majority of these animals over forty thousand a year so Wolves account, I think, for a little over 100 killed a year. I know it's 0.0004%. So, 
Okay. Long story short, um, we need we we need to do something. I'm going to include a link. The Wolf Conservation Society has, um, or, yeah, you guys have Wolf Conservation Center. Excuse me, has a link and a petition. I'm going to do that. I'm also you and I talked. I'm going to make a TikTok video. I just looked. Our views are up at uh, 25 million monthly video views, which is amazing. Nice. And I, I look behind you. You have a YouTube plaque, so I know the Wolf <laughs> Conservation. That's a big deal. The Wolf Conservation Center. You have millions of followers. So congrats on that. Um, have you been getting your followers? Have you been trying to ignite your massive following to try to budge this? Yeah, okay. We have, and it's, you know, as you know, the delicate balance, we don't, we don't want to end up just depressing the heck out of people. And, and I'm just like going to bed, <laughs> like, you yeah. know, so we try to have incorporate, you know, some, some fun things with factual and opportunities to take action. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're all over, you know, we're, we're actually not on TikTok at this point. I know it's ridiculous. We're, we we're on Twitch, <laughs> which is a whole new community for us, but, uh, yeah, YouTube and, and Instagram and Facebook and all Twitter, all those things. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a way to, for us to get out and let people know that wolves really do need their help right now. We do. Awesome. I'm going to include the links. Maggie, thank you so much for your time. And listeners, I don't want this to be depressing. I believe there's still hope. There is a huge, there is a big public outcry. And I feel like it's just a handful of bad apples that I, I truly, I feel like the majority of people are, are just against this. And I feel like, yeah, I, I didn't realize that. I know that Coyote interviewed President Biden. I didn't realize he mentioned something about the wolves and being, you know, on the yeah. endangered species. That's a huge, that is a huge thing. And by the way, I want to give a shout out to Coyote Peterson, although people make fun yeah. of me because I say Coyote. It, he calls himself Coyote Peterson. I'm from Idaho, so we say Coyote. I just want to give a shout out to him. He's a friend of mine. I've had him on my show. And for him to use his massive global platform of billions uh, his videos have billions of views it is amazing so i'm just like thank you to him that that's great because people kids look up to him and it's like he's inspiring that generation so he is doing great work using his platform to actually make a change so i'm so happy so no i agree thank thank you coyote <laughs> coyote thank you coyote thank you maggie wolf conservation center please go follow them on facebook instagram twitter they have a huge following but every person counts so please go like their page follow and sign this i'm going to include the petitions in the link thank you so much maggie thank you Thanks for listening to the Animals to the Max podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and family. Also, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. It really helps me out. As always, if you have any guest suggestions, if you want to email me personally, head on over to CorbinMaxi.com. And if you haven't already, check out our social channels. You can follow me at CorbinMaxi on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll talk to you next time.